Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. We could talk a little bit about the missing element today, and my question is the same question that Apostle Paul asked these group of men from, from uh, the, the area of uh, Ephesus. He said, have you received since you Believe, and upon reading these passages of Scripture, um, you you the first thing that that really encapsulates your attention is this question, because sometimes people might be believing something that they hadn't really received. Begs the question that he said, "Have you received since you believe?" Now, the clearest mark of a Christian is one whom the Spirit has activated, and you use him daily. The spirit has been activated and you use the spirit daily. This is something we got to walk out in our lives on a daily basis. I don't know about you, but I don't always want to be nice. Come on, somebody. Am I in the right church? Come on, come on. Do you always want to be nice? Come on. There are sometimes you just, boy, if I just, boy, if God would just turn his back for a second, I would have to. Just go ahead and fire you up. Amen? Uh, Why would pastors be any different? We feel the same way. That's why we have to consistently stay in the word of God. We have to consistently stay on our knees. We have to consistently worship God. We have to consistently pray in the spirit. Why? Because this walk is a daily walk. Apostle Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but yet not I. Christ lives in me, and the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is a daily walk. If God gave himself to us, then we got to give our complete self to him. This is every, the moment we get up out of the bed, God, I belong to you. My mouth belongs to you. Come on, somebody need to consecrate their mouth today. My mouth, come on, come on, wash it out. My mouth, my tongue belongs to you, God, because, you know, otherwise I probably would have said some words. that (laughs) Uh, We have some Christians that slip. The person that said amen the loudest is the one that usually slips. Hello, somebody. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. Don't worry about it. We all slip at times, don't we? Come on, folks. See, we're not here to be perfect. We're here just to do the things of the Lord. I believe Apostle Paul was challenging these Ephesian men to explain their experience about salvation. And there's nothing wrong with that either. It is not enough to sit in the premises listening to the word of God. You see other people blessed. You see other people healed. You see other people getting delivered. But you haven't appropriated what God has for you in your heart. See, it's not enough to be in the premises. You've got to stand on the promises. See, see, you can be in the house and still not get blessed. Hello. You, you, you can go to church and still not get blessed. Just because you are in the house don't mean that you're appropriating what's yours. See, can't nobody else get, boy, come in. Ooh, this little thing is just, hey, he watching me. Mm, mm, I love you, man. See, see, now I can't even preach because he's just too cute. He put his little finger up. Did you see that? Let me show everybody. Let me show everybody. Look at, look at this adorable little rascal. Ain't he cute? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no, I got to preach, brother. 
Okay. All right. He really is. All right. So let me get right back. All right. So it's not enough just to sit in church or just show up for church. See, you, you need to get involved in what's going on. Uh, how do you get involved? Well, first of all, you get involved in prayer. That's how we start off every service. We start off in prayer, 930. We start off in prayer. Then, then, then you get involved in praise and worship, right? You, you heard what elders said about uh, uh, Paul and Silas. They were in prison, and they started singing praises unto God while they were in prison. They started singing praises to God behind bars. They were locked up. They were in bondage, in prison, and they started singing praises to God. Let me say that one more time. They were locked up. They were behind bars. They didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't even know. Let me see. You've read the story. You know what happens afterward. But if you was in their shoes, you thought that you were going to die. They had no idea what was about to take place. And instead of complaining, instead of groping and saying, God, why <laughs> are you letting all this stuff happen to me? God, why is it always me, God? Why are you always picking on me? Well, why not you? Instead of doing all of that, they said, God, we praise you anyhow because you are worthy to be praised. God, I don't quite understand everything that's going on, but I choose. Somebody say, I choose. But I choose to worship you anyway because your wisdom is much greater than my ways. You have to make a choice to say, God, I really don't understand why all of these things are happening. I don't understand what you're doing right now in my life. I don't understand why you got me up on the shelf and I'm not doing this like other people are doing it. I don't understand why things just seem so confusing for me right now. I don't understand why I have so much anxiety and I'm anxious all the time. I don't understand it, God. But since you know my way better than I do, I would prefer to follow Yahweh. The one who's speaking to you, I don't understand everything that's going on. You think I understand how to be a pastor? I don't have a clue. But if I just stay in his word and make sure that I stay in tune with the Holy Ghost, you don't even hear the word Holy Ghost in churches anymore. Like they're afraid of it. They're afraid of the Holy. I don't, oh, don't do too much. I, that might scare me. Well, if the Holy Spirit scares you, you're really not ready for demons. You're just going to continue to be a weak little Christian. But we're not raising up weaklings in this house. You're going to be strong in the word of God. You're going to be strong. You're going to be mighty. We can't get up here and sing all those songs. God, he's mighty. God is awesome. And then you some little weak Christian. Am I talking to the right people? I just want to make sure. Because something is missing. There's a missing element. Listen, I believe, and I don't know if, if some of you, I know the intercessors sense this too. I believe that the church is at a critical impasse right now. It's at a critical, critical impasse because the church has been inundated with a lightweight, grace-abusing, motivational gospel message. And that's a message to fill the seats, but it's not filling hearts. And it's not changing souls. See, I want to preach the change of soul. I don't, I don't mind the empty seats. I don't have to have some big cathedral with stained glass windows. You know what I need? All I need is a place to talk about Jesus. Amen. That's all I need. Because, let me tell you something, all of that stuff is going to pass away. And what you have left is what you are getting from the Word of God. So with all of that gone, let me, let, me just, let me just ask a hypothetical because this is not a part of my message, so God must be going somewhere. 
Let me ask you a hypothetical. If all the stained glass windows in the mega churches were gone and you didn't have these pretty buildings to go to, would you even go to church? <laughs> uh, let, can I clarify something? Do you realize that all that stuff wasn't the church in the first place? Because, see, if that's your definition of church, you really don't know what church is. See, the church is me. Somebody put your hand on your heart and say, he's talking about me. You're the church. With all, all of this mess, you are the church. Jesus lives in you. He doesn't inhabit buildings. He inhabits the praises of his people. He's inside of us for the kingdom of God is within you. It's not with observation. You can say here it is or there it is. For the kingdom of God is right here in you. The kingdom of God is not with food or drink. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. If you want some joy, get full of the Holy Ghost. I believe we got to miss an element. Because we got a lot of stuff that Christians are dealing with and that the Holy Ghost can take care of. But we are so afraid about what the Holy Ghost might do. As if God would give us anything to hurt us. That's why you're in the right place at the right time. Saints, something is missing when a Christian is no longer convicted by sin. Something is missing when a woman or a man see nothing wrong with sleeping around and they're not married. Something is missing. Even in the church today, it's complicit. It's okay as long as you love each other. Even though the Bible is very strict about fornication, you don't even want to hear that word anymore, fornication. You know what that is? You, you having sex with somebody you're not married to. Do you know that God still believes that? Just because the culture somehow has made things outside of the word of God normal for culture, the Bible is counter to culture. We do not allow culture to tell us what the Bible interprets. We tell them what the Bible says, and we got to stand flat-footed on what God is talking about. Otherwise, saints of God, the churches will continue to be weak. Because when you come in church, you don't even know what truth is anymore. You don't even understand absolute truth. And people say, truth is not absolute, it's relative, because my truth is different from your truth. Is that true? How is that true? Something has to be the basis. If there were no absolute truth, then why is murder wrong? You see, the absence of the word of God leads the whole world into chaos. When they want to kick God out of everything, then chaos comes in. You kick God out of the schools, and what do you see? Chaos. Now they're trying to figure out, well, where was God when I was at? Well, you kicked him out. You don't want prayer in the schools. You don't want, even Christians don't, can't pray in school. What, what in the world? When I pray, I'm not, I'm not trying to get somebody else to come to my religion. But you better leave me alone. Listen, if you can get down on a carpet and, and pray to Allah, then I can lift my hands in my cube and pray to my Jesus. Yeah. Mess with me, you're going to mess with him. And God will bring a whole company down. Come on. God opened up a jail cell. Yes. The Bible said the foundation of the jail was rocked because two of his people was worshiping him. Don't you know you can worship God on your job and God can turn the hearts of people? Come on, somebody. We, you don't act like you're some little weakling. Wait a minute, how 
are you going to be weak and you full of God? I don't know, Pastor. I'm just, I'm just barely making it. Why are you barely making it? Either God is God or he's not. Hello, somebody. Yes, you're going to get attacked. Yes, things are going to happen that you don't quite understand. That's going to happen until you get in the grave. But you need to know something. And, and listen to me clearly here when I say this. You belong to a king. You are a child of God if you're saved. If you're not saved, I'm going to pray for you today so you can get saved. I'm talking to Christians right now. I'm talking to those who have received Jesus. As, let me hit, listen to me close because some people think they're saved and they might not be. Who has received Jesus not only as their Savior but as their Lord. That means that you have given over who you are to him. But if that's you, if I'm talking about you, then you are a child of the king. There is nothing weak about you. There is nothing wrong with you. You got the king. The king is in you. And sometimes you got to ask yourself, is there no king in me? If Jesus Christ is the king, and he is, and when you got saved, you got Jesus. That means that the king is walking in you. So everywhere you go, the king is coming with you. That's why they had to lay out palm branches because he was on a donkey. They didn't lay out the palm branches because of the donkey. They laid out the palm branches because who was riding in on the donkey's back. Well, when you go into places, things open up for you. Things happen for you. Not because you own the donkey. It's because what's riding in on the donkey. We're the donkey. Because we're the ones been acting like an. Oh, y'all know how we act sometimes. But when you got Jesus riding in on your back, things will happen. You will have favor in your life, saints of God. But you got to expect good things to happen. I have an expectation expectation that good things are going to happen in my life. And then I can probably walk out the door and something bad happened. I go, that's all right, because something good is getting ready to come. Mm -mm -mm. Something good is about to happen. As a matter of fact, now, because I've been walking this thing out pretty good, now, now when I get attacked, I go, boy, God is getting ready to bless me. Ooh, but a devil, boy, God is getting ready to do something. Because, 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 because. <laughs> this is what I've learned. When the time gets the hardest, that's when I'm closest to my miracle. That's why most people want to give up. They get right there. They get right there, and it gets hard. It gets difficult. You're confused. You don't understand, and that's when you want to quit. And God is saying, no, the baby is about to crest. You can't quit. Now you got to push. Come on, somebody. You can't quit. Somebody say, I can't quit. I got to push. See, see, listen, can I help you out? God wants to give, give you something that you can give birth to. The birthing process doesn't happen overnight. Uh, hello, somebody. I know I've never been pregnant. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I, know that, I know, I know, I know, I know that's crazy, right? I know it's crazy because I'm a male. No male will be able to give birth. I don't care what kind of operation you go through. Amen. Listen to me close. No male will give birth. 
a male can't handle it, even if you look like a female. Let me tell you something. I don't like, no man likes pain. We can't handle it. Let me just be honest. Fellas, fellas, just chill, because y'all know I'm talking the truth. Women can handle a lot of pain. But I can get a paper cut, and I go, oh, God, Lord, have mercy. (laughs) But my wife, she can handle some pain. Women can handle pain. Why? Because you're designed to handle it. We weren't designed. Come on, can can I help the ladies out? We weren't designed to handle pain like that. We were designed to use our minds to figure things out. Hello, somebody. And so that's why you need both. But we weren't designed for that. So, so it's two things, a male and a man. I was born a male. I chose to be a man. All ladies are born female. But you make a choice to be a woman. Hello, somebody. Let me just clear some stuff up because y'all know I don't, I don't, I'm not scared because I preach the truth. Right? You can make all of this change. You can change some other areas. But if you prick that blood and you check that blood, that blood is still going to tell you male or female. The Bible says, can I give you some Bible? The Bible says life is in the blood. Therefore, the blood is going to tell you. When, when I did blood work is when I found out about the cancer. Why? Everything is in the blood. That's why they take your blood when, oh, I've been feeling weak. I just don't know. I don't understand what's going on. Oh, let's do some blood work. Uh-huh. Why? Because your blood is going to tell you what's going on in your body. Yes. Hello? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, and I'm not being intolerant because I don't preach intolerant messages. I preach truth. I, I'm not saying don't love people who choose to do something different. Don't, don't, I mean, don't be mean to people who choose to do something different. You got to love them. You, you don't judge them because that's not your job. It's our job. It's my job as a pastor to teach you the truth. But it's also my job to love people through every situation that they're going through. But don't say I'm intolerant just because I want to follow God. Hello, somebody. Am I teaching truth up in here? Have you received since you believe? Something is missing when we got deacons and elders and and leaders in the church lying and cussing and stealing. Somebody say something's missing. Something is missing when people in the church are no longer getting saved, healed, and delivered. Something is missing. Something is missing when a person can get high on Saturday and come and shout all around the church on Sunday, every Sunday. Something's missing. I was, man, back when I was, y'all know my life. I told you my life. I'm transparent about my life. I didn't like church. I like partying. I like going to the club, drinking. Right, baby? She, she'll tell you. I was, yeah, I was hardcore. <laughs> she, she's about to say something. Don't say nothing. But you know what's bad? Let me tell you what's bad. It's bad when I was in the club, and I used to stay at the club pretty late because when I came out of the club, we was like, oh, God, that's the sun. And so, so, so I would be in the club, and I would bump into people, and i go, dang, that's the deacon of the church. Uh-huh. It was the deacon. And I'm like, dang. Oh, somebody said, I bumped into the pastor. Who was that? <laughs> 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 
Praise God. So the pastor was in there getting it on. <laughs> Girl, you come to church with me tomorrow. <laughs> I'm glad we could be in church and laugh. Amen? Because the reality is that happens. It happens, saints of God. But something is missing when people can come to church and not feel the surgical knife of the Holy Ghost cutting away carnality and unforgiveness and bitterness and that cantankerous spirit. Something is wrong when you don't feel that. When there's no conviction anymore based on the message that the preacher is preaching, something is missing. I don't, I don't preach motivational messages. You're going to feel good. You're going to be edified, but I'm not here to tantalize your emotions. This is not my job. I was never called as a pastor to do that. I was called as a pastor to make sure that I give you the gospel. And there are scores of people been to church, but they never heard the gospel. The gospel message is counter to culture, saints of God. It is not the same. Culture wants everything that culture wants. They want to do everything that they want to do, and they don't want people like me to say something is wrong. Oh, you're being intolerant. No, I'm just saying that's wrong. You can do it. I don't mind. It don't, it don't hurt me, but I'm just saying it's still wrong. Hello. Yeah, who are you to judge me? I'm the nobody. But one day it's going to be a day of reckoning. Let me tell you something. Everybody in here, it's going to die one day. What kind of mark will you leave on the people that's left? Think about that for a second. I'm, I'm over 50 now. So my, my way of processing stuff is totally different. Now I'm all about legacy. I'm all about whose lives can I touch before I leave this place? Who can I affect in a positive way? Who can I help? What family can I help? What man of God can I help get to the next level? What family? My wife, that's why we want to meet with couples. What marriage can we help get to the next level? It, it's not about us. It's about what does God want to do in us? Why? Because blessed are the dead who die in the Lord, for their works do follow them. God will bless you based on the works that you do here. But don't you know that if you leave good works on the earth, God can't even give you all of your blessings until everybody dies? Because your works do follow you. That's what it means, that when you're gone, your works do follow you. I want some works left on this earth that they follow the example that I left. I can't leave an example if I don't have any integrity. There's one thing you know about John Lofton. If I tell you something, you better make sure you can count on it. You can count on it. I have I, you have never known me to be what my dad would say, a flim flammer. Now, let me see if I can explain what that is, because my daddy kind of country. A flim flammer is a person who's shaky. You can't, y'all know shaky people. Uh, the Bible calls them double-minded. You've never known me to be that. What you see with John Lofton is what you're going to get. If you don't like me now, you're not going to ever like me. Because I'm the same way right here in this church as I am on my job, in my house at the Walmart, I'm going to be the same John Lofton. I don't change. I don't put on some pastor's voice. Well, the Lord uh, wants you to come in the house of the Lord. <laughs> I don't do that. Thank you. We ain't got time for that. You're welcome. <laughs> the church should be the one place where you can be real. 
The church should be the one place where you, if you're not feeling good, you tell somebody. How you doing today? I ain't doing too good. You know what? I'm hurting in my body right now. You know I'm confused about something right now. You know my, my kids are tripping. Can, you be, can we just be honest in church? But you know why you can't? Because you've been to another church and you told somebody something. They said, I can't believe why you just need to have some faith. Well, what does that mean? Well, I've, I've been told that. Man, I'm hurting right now. I don't know what's going on. My, my wife is going through stuff. I'm going through stuff. Well, well you just need to have faith. And I just had to ask, I, I, what does that mean? Can you give me a definition of what that means? Because I don't know. I'm trying to have faith. I'm reading the word. I'm studying the Bible. I'm praying. I don't know and then, then you don't want to tell anybody because you don't want to hear that again because nobody explained it to you in the first place. But you ain't going to hear that with most of the people in here. Why? Because they heard it. Because they don't want to hear it again. <laughs> Amen. Oh, you want my glasses. I know it. No, listen. If you're hurting, tell me. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pray. Something's going on? Okay, let's deal with it. Oh, I just I've been so angry lately. OK, let's 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 take that before the Lord. Let's try to figure out what the source of that is. Let's find the root analysis of that. Because if you don't know and I don't know, God knows. So all we need to do is take this before the Lord and let's just see if God can reveal it so that we can pray against it so that you can get delivered from it. Can 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 we be that kind of church? Amen. Now, I know this is different from a lot of places because you got the program. Yeah, you got a program. And you can only do so much in that program because you got another service that's coming. Right? So you can only do so much. You got, you got two minutes for this, three minutes for that, and then you got a 15-minute sermon because you can't go over that. Because if you go over that, the people are going to start complaining. Thank God I'm delivered from people. You can complain all you want. I don't, I don't mind complaining. But the one thing that I'm not going to do is to shorten a message just because people might get mad about it. And, you know, I don't, I don't go like two hours. I've been in church where they was in church from 10 o'clock to... See, see, the, see, the white people here might not know what I'm talking about, but y'all know what I'm talking about? Black churches. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Black churches. Black churches can start at 7 in the morning. It's, it's, it's nighttime, and they just coming out. Oh, didn't we have a good time in church? And I'm like, you've been in church all day, mama. What'd you get for that? <laughs> How much you pay for that? <laughs> Amen. Now, see, I'm, I'm just saying, guys, I'm using, I'm using some generalities. And it's not good to generalize things. But I'm just saying the church has to get back to what the church needs to be. Full of honest people who can talk about anything. Don't worry. Yeah, you too. Don't worry about anything else going on because we're not a group of people who are going to be jealous. We're not going to take your secret and go whisper to somebody else because it's a secret. For the Bible says, blessed is he who can keep another man's secrets. And so we should be a house that I can share. As a pastor, I should be able to share something, and you don't go tell everybody else what I shared with you. Hello, somebody. As a member, you should be able to go to somebody and say, look, I need some help. I need some help in this area. I need you to help pray with me in this area. You don't need to get to church and somebody say, oh, I heard you were struggling in this area. That's what has killed people. That's what has stopped people from going to church because the church member is not the church. The church is not the problem. It's the people. 
goodness, the building is awesome, but it's the people in the building. <laughs> if you can have a church without people, whoo, you got something, right? So that means something is missing. Come on, write this down, write this down. It is imperative that preachers preach for conviction versus convenience and change versus complacency. I am not here to preach to you so that you can stay complacent. I want you to move into the things of God. Come on, let me, let me just ask. It's not a hypothetical question because I want you to answer this question. How, how many of you really want to go to another level in God? Amen. Yeah, I think that's everybody in the room. If it's not everybody, it should be you. And if it's not you, you're in the wrong church. I'm just saying. This church wants you to go to another level. I want you to go to another level in God. I want you to go to another level in understanding who Jesus Christ is. I want you to understand that, that, that the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost are the same thing. You know there's some churches debating about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost that they're different. How in the world are you going to debate about trivial stuff? Oh, I don't know if God wants me to be full of the Spirit. Have you read the Bible? It's clear. That's why I am here so that you can appropriate what's yours. It is a shame that there are a lot of Christians don't even know what their inheritance is. And you're groping around asking for stuff that's already yours. If the Lord, oh, let me just say, let me, let me see if I can give you a natural example of a spiritual reality. If I gave you a million dollars, when you last checked your bank account, it was $10 in there, right? So I just, I put a million in there for you. You didn't know it. I just put a million dollars in there. You didn't check your account anymore. But you're walking around with a $10 account. So your whole brain is like a $10 account. Right now, you get a statement every month. You, you, if you read the statement, the statement would share with you what's in your account. If, if you study the statement, the statement would tell you what's coming in and what's going out. If you don't even open the statement up, you don't even know what's in the statement. This Bible is called a will. It's the last will and testament. A will in the natural is dead if the person is still living. But the moment there's the death of the testator, the will becomes active. Jesus Christ wrote the will. He said, when I die, the will will become active. Jesus died on the cross. The wheel became active. But if you don't open up the wheel, you won't know that you got a million dollars. So you walk around as a $10 Christian when your father has given you a million. But if you don't open up the wheel to see what's yours, then you're going to walk around like you have nothing. Pastor, can you melt that down and pour it in my ears? Nope. You're going to have to put the work in. 
Do you realize that if there's a will to be read, the lawyer would tell you to come to his office? Because he's not going to read it over the phone. But if you say, I ain't coming in there. I ain't going to church. I don't want to. I don't care what's in the will. <laughs> but if you don't show up at the reading of the will, guess what? Whatever's in there for you, you don't know it. If you refuse to show up for church, how you going to know what's in the will for you? And you're going to be walking around groping and pleading for something that God already gave you. Now, I just have to teach you how to walk in it. Because if you're a Christian, you already have the power. You know that. I just got to teach you how to operate in it. And you operate in it with faith. That's all. My faith is no greater than yours. Just because I'm the pastor, I don't have greater faith. It's the same God, the same Jesus Christ, same Holy Spirit for everybody in here, if you're saved. And we can operate in the same anointing. Hello, somebody. All I want you to do is to step out in faith. But, Pastor, you just don't understand. It's just so uncomfortable. So do you think getting up here preaching every Sunday is comfortable? If you think it's comfortable, you can have it. I really wanted to sit where you are and just get it. But God had another plan. I can't get up here and preach the word of God without faith. I have to have faith that I'm preaching what God wants me to preach, first of all. But I also have to have faith that maybe it's the right thing at the right time. I hope it is. But I don't always know. Even right now, I don't always know this is the right message. But God will confirm it if you walk it out. Amen? So something is missing. We got to preach for conviction so people can be changed. Amen? Amen. So let me give you some more. Y'all want some more? All right, let me give you some more. Now, the disciples walked with Jesus for a long time until he died. They saw Jesus do some incredible things. Would you agree? Right? So let me take you through this. What time is it? Oh, so let me take you through this. So, so walk with me. Y'all want to walk with me? If you step yourself in the story, it makes better sense. He chose the 12. Is that correct? He handpicked them. They walked with him. They slept with him. They ate with him. They had seen Jesus walk in a funeral procession in the city of Nain, and this woman was carrying her son, and Jesus touched the coffin, and he stood up and talked. They had seen it. They had seen Jesus walk up to a tomb of a dead man named Lazarus, and he said, Lazarus, come forth. And that man that has been stinking, he was dead for four days, rose up and walked out of the temp, the temp, the tomb. They had seen Jesus walk through the city and this woman with an issue and women ain't the only ones that have issues. Men got some issues too. But this woman had an issue. I, I thought I'd get a good clap from the ladies, but they didn't listen. And so, but, but this woman had an issue of blood and she got in the press and touched the hem of his garment and she got healed and whole, made whole because she touched Jesus's garment. They, they had seen Jesus do all of this. They had seen Jesus walk into Jairus's house to, to, to minister to his 12-year-old daughter, and he said, Talitha Akumai, I say unto you, damsel, arise. And she sat up in the bed, and he said, give her something to eat. They had seen Jesus walk up into Peter's house, and he healed his mother-in-law. They had seen Jesus walk into the land of the Gadarenes, and the demons wanted to go into pigs, and he threw them into the pigs, and the pigs went over in the, uh, in the water and they drowned. They have seen Jesus do some incredible things, but then Jesus said, you got to wait for something. 
Wait a minute. What are we waiting on, Lord? They were waiting on the missing element. Yes, you have seen me do these things. Now you got to get something so that you can do these things continually. It's a missing element. He said, listen, no man can take my life, but I lay it down. And if I lay it down, I'll take it up again. He said, it is to your advantage. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. All right. Let me, let me, let me give you some scripture. Check this out. He said, I tell you the truth. That means he's not lying. <laughs> he, said, <laughs> he said, I like the Bible because it's clear. He said, it is to your advantage. Somebody says it was to my advantage. He said, it was to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Come on, somebody. The helper, the helper, the help, the helper in Greek is parakletos. Or if you want to take Greek class, the way you really pronounce it, uh, parachnikos. So that's how you really pronounce it, but I like parakletos because that's how we always say it. Amen? But that's the Greek word. You know what that means? That means that the helper is an advocate, an intercessor. It's the person that builds you up. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Jesus said, I know you've seen me do all of these things. That's awesome. But I got to go because I need to send you something. There's something missing that I got to send. Let me give you another scripture. See if this makes better sense. Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. But tarry, that's the word wait with the expectation. That's, the word, that's what the word tarry means. In the city of Jews, Jerusalem, until you have been endued with what? Power. From on high. That's in Luke 20, 24, 49. But look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, but you shall receive power. When what? The Holy Ghost. So the missing element has got to be the Holy Ghost. That's the missing element in churches today. That's why I teach on the Holy Ghost. What does that mean? Well, wait a minute. Well, the Bible says that I'm full of God's spirit when I get saved. You have some of him. But that's just like reading part of the wheel. But I don't know about you, saints of God. I, I would rather appropriate all that belongs to me. Not a partial payment. That's why we got to understand this missing element. Check this out. Empowerments of being filled with the Holy Ghost. Here it is. It's only three. He empowers you with courage. Because let me tell you something. If you're really going to walk this thing out, you're going to need some courage. Yes, yes. I'm telling you, you're going to need some courage. You're going to need some courage when you're around a bunch of uh, people in Islam. Because they know what they believe. And they're strong. And you're going to need some courage when you get around a bunch of Jehovah's Witnesses. See, that's why you're closing the blinds when they knock on your door. <laughs> Let's get down. I, I just saw that watchtower. Man, you better invite them folks in your house. Amen. So what you got? What you got in there? What you got there? Let me see that thing. What is this right here? I like to talk. You, you tired? You want some tea? You want some sweet tea? You want some water? Sit down. It's hot out there. Come on in here. Take a load off. What you trying to sell me? Oh, no, we're not selling anything. We're talking about Jesus. See, that's where they try to get you. We're talking about Jesus. Yeah, who is Jesus? Oh, man, is that the one who died on the cross? Well, you know they don't quite believe that. Well, um, there are some stories about that. No, no, there's some truth about it. 
You go to the, you go to the tomb today, it's still empty. <laughs> they never found his bones. <laughs> he still has them. Y'all know that, right? Yeah, because he told the disciples, touch me, handle me, and see, I'm just what? Flesh and bone. So he has his bones. That was after the resurrection. He shed his blood for us so that we can come into the family. So in heaven, now, there's a man with some bones. It's Jesus. Now, that's Bible. Help people. Lead them to the truth. Don't get mad. Because the moment you get mad, you just lost your witness. See, you get mad because they know more than you. <laughs> and you get confused. Well, I know there's something. It's, it's in the box. It's in here somewhere. I know. Is it? Can I help you? 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 Okay, let me help you real quick. Let me go back since, since we're in church. I'm here to teach. Let me go back and show you something. They use what's called a New World Translation Bible. They have their own Bible. Now, in their Bible, because I have one, in their Bible, this scripture is the same. They don't believe that the Holy Spirit can come into us. But the only way to get saved is by the Spirit of God. So they are not saved. That's right. let, me, let me say that one more time. If you don't believe that the Spirit of God, which is the promise of the Father, can come in us to save us, because the, uh, the kingdom of God is not with observation, but the kingdom of God is where? Come on, saints of God, you know the Bible. It's within you. Well, if the kingdom is within you, you got to have the king in you. The king can't be in you unless it's his spirit. That's why he said it's to your advantage that I go. Because if I don't go, I can't send my spirit. And if you read their Bible, it says I will send him. Ask them who is him. And just don't do anything else and watch them tremble because they can't explain him. They think the Holy Spirit is some active force like electricity. It, well, if that's true, why is it a him? It should be it. I'm trying to help somebody. You don't have to get all nervous. Well, just say, who's this helper your Bible talks about? I've been reading it. I got it right here. Who is him? And it refers to he. I will send him upon you. What does that mean? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. All things were created by him. Well, who is this person that was with God and it's the word? Who is that? How can a word be with God? You don't, you don't, you don't have to get angry. You just ask some real basic questions. And put them on the hot seat. The person, let me listen, listen to me close. The person who asks the questions controls the conversation. Don't you dare let those folks come in your house and ask all the questions. That's your house. Oh, no, 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 no. You're not going to ask me any questions in my house. I'm going to do the question asking here. Sit down, sit down. I'm going to ask the question. So you're going to have to answer some things for me. Yeah, you drink your tea. Good, good. <laughs> Y'all see? And you're, and you're loving, you're friendly. Listen, listen, you got to love them, right? But you still have to give them truth. Is this making sense at all, saying? I don't even know why I'm teaching this. But since I'm out there, let me, let me finish. All right? Give me, give me about five minutes. I'm done. And we're going, we're going somewhere to eat. And so, so listen, listen, listen. You just, you control the conversation. You ask the question. Even with my children, I'm going to be doing the question asking. Why? Because I'm going to control the conversation. Even when I go on an interview, I like asking questions because I like controlling the conversation. 
<laughs> they don't even know what I'm doing. I'm controlling the conversation. Well, how do you like working here? How long have you been here? Do you like the insurance? How many people do you have on your team? And you know people like to talk. Shoot, by the time they finish talking, it's been an hour and a half. Well, it's been nice on the interview. <laughs> Hope you call. <laughs> John, it was just so nice talking with you. I ain't say but two words. <laughs> Control. <laughs> I'm helping somebody. I know this is the pragmatic part of my message, so it's real practical, right? You control the conversation. Don't let an atheist come up to you and say, well, you, you need to explain God. How do you explain God that he is real? Well, you explain to me that he's not. Now, can we go eat a hamburger together? Since you can't explain that, I don't, I'm not going to waste my time to tell you that he's real because you already know he is. <laughs> and the reason you know he is is because you're always trying to explain him away. If he wasn't real, you wouldn't waste your time trying to explain him away. He wouldn't have any power. Can somebody shout amen? amen? He empowers you with courage. He gives you courage. I don't know about you, saints of God, but I need courage every day. I need courage to even preach a message like this. I need courage to even preach against homosexuality because they want to shut people down like us that we can't even, we can't even preach the truth anymore. Is homosexuality a sin? Yes, always has been. That hadn't changed. Oh, you can't say that's a sin. Well, if I'm lying, cheating, and stealing, that's a sin for me. And it ain't going to change for me. Sin is sin. You know what sin means? You missed the mark. Sin doesn't mean you did something ugly. It just means you're missing the mark of God. Call sin what it is. It's a sin. Thank you, sir. And the church, saints of God, we, man, we got to stop playing. I, I didn't come in here this morning to play games with you. I came to give you the truth. Amen. I'm telling you, one day is going to be a day of reckoning. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is deciding to move forward in spite of your fear. Let me tell you why. Fear is not in your spirit. Fear is in your flesh. And since you can't separate your flesh from your spirit, because the moment you do, you're dead. Did I say that too fast? And since we live in this flesh body, we do. And Apostle Paul said, in this flesh, this, this, this flesh, Apostle Paul says what? There's no good thing. Your flesh is always going to want to act up. That's why you always think like you do. Because your flesh says, slap him. <laughs> Go ahead and slap him. Ain't nobody looking. But the Holy Ghost in you says, you know that ain't right. You know God going to get you tonight. Right? That, that's called conviction. If you don't get that little tug, that little conviction, something's wrong with you. Something is missing. Every Christian should get that little tug. And it's not going to be a scream either. It's going to be something to go, you know, you shouldn't do that. It, it can be in the middle of, let me see if I can get real for a second, real, real. You can be in the middle of worship and a thought will come up in your mind, something in your past you know you shouldn't be thinking about. And the Holy Ghost says, you better change that thought. Because if you don't, you're going to dwell on it. And when you dwell on it, you take it in. Amen. The Bible says lust, when it's conceived, brings forth sin. Sin, when it's full grown, brings forth 
death. See, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop a bird from landing on your head, making a nest, and laying its eggs in your head. See, we got too many snake eggs in our heads. And see, when we allow these eggs to infest in our heads and they hatch, and then you got the thought, lust, when it's conceived. You bring the thought in. The thought can't mess with you unless you bring the thought. Come on, somebody. That's why you have to take every thought captive. If you take the thought captive and bring it under the blood of Jesus Christ, then that thought don't come in. Because once the thought comes in, you think about it, and then all of a sudden you say, oh, man, I can't believe I've been thinking on that again. And you feel guilt-ridden. And Jesus teaches us how to do it. As soon as it comes, he said, nope, nope, I'm not going to think about that today, Lord. I'm going to praise you right now. Take that thought captive in the name of Jesus. You will not get a hold of me again. I have to do that every day. Now, if I had been born saved, I would have been okay. But I was a heathen. I mean, with all of the drugs and alcohol and all the crap I did in my life, I got a lot of thoughts that Joker can bring up. I mean, a lot. I mean, a whole lot. I got a lot of stuff. Just because you save, your brain is not going to be wiped clean. Because your brain don't get saved. Your spirit is the only thing that gets saved. You still got the same old crazy thoughts in your mind. And that's why you must renew your mind by what? The word of God, right? Come on. He empowers you to comfort. Let me, let me give you a scripture. Let me give you a scripture here. And I'm almost done, thanks to God. Believe me. I'm sorry, I just did my Donald Trump, didn't I? <laughs> Second Corinthians. <laughs> you know when somebody said, believe me, something's wrong. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 4, I mean, chapter 1, verse 4 says this. Just listen to it. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4 says, The God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any tribulation with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Check this out. Write this down. God's comfort doesn't necessarily mean he is pulling you out of the situation. It means he empowers you to deal with it while you're in it. See, see, the comfort that God gives you, saints of God, you know, once you get through it, you're able to comfort other people. That, that's why he wants to empower you with the Holy Ghost, because you utilize the Holy Spirit to get you through a situation so that you can get other people through their situation. Amen. So this is this is bigger than you. He gives you courage, but he also gives you comfort. But let me give you the last one. I'm done. He also empowers us for communication because we need to talk about Jesus. We need to have a testimony. Tell people about what God has done in your life. You won't even testify anymore. I can't do testimony service in church because people stopped. They had to stop it because they talked about the devil more than Jesus. So you had to stop that kind of stuff. And so, 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 but you can tell people what God has done in your life. You can talk to an atheist or an agnostic and say, you know what? You may not think God is real, but let me just tell you what God has done in my life. I'm, let me just tell you what he's done in my life. I, it wasn't a 12-step program that delivered me from alcohol. It was one step. I stepped right into glory. I stepped right into Jesus Christ. I had an encounter with him, and through that encounter, he was able to deliver me from the drugs and from the alcohol. Come on, somebody. And see, see, when you got that kind of testimony, can't nobody take that away from you. We overcome by the word of our testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. Come on, somebody. Ain't nobody taking your testimony away. Is God, has God done anything to you? Has he done anything for you? Has he done anything in you? Praise God. That's a good thing. Have you received since you believe? 
I'm done. That's all I wanted to share. But I got another question. Let me ask you something. How many of you would say, you know what, Pastor? I've been on the same level for a while now, and I'm trying to figure out how I can get to the next level. Who, who's that? Who am I talking to? You say, you've been on the same level for a minute. It's time for you to go to another level. Just raise them up high. No, it's all right. You don't have to be embarrassing here because we, we don't judge folks. Amen. That's good. That's good. That's good. Okay. Now, now, now. So here's what you got to do. The first thing that you probably want to do is learn about the Holy Ghost. And you got to get some good teaching on the Holy Spirit, right? We do that on Wednesday nights. We take you through the Bible. We don't give biases. We don't give denominationalism. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care what somebody taught in some evangelistic school or some theological school. What I care about is what does the Bible say? And if you read the Bible and you leave it alone, don't add anything to it. Don't take anything away from it. The Bible is very clear. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. Anyone who asks shall receive. Anyone who seeks shall find. Anyone who knocks, the door shall be open. And then he goes on to say, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the, the Father in heaven give you the Holy Ghost if you ask? The Holy Ghost is there for the asking. You don't have to grope for it. You don't have to beg for it. You don't have to tarry for it. All you have to do, according to the Bible, is ask. From that moment on, I can teach you what to do after you get it. Because it's just like that. It's a matter of just like when you got saved, it's the same being filled with the Holy Ghost. Ain't no difference. And do I need to be jumping around and jerking and doing nothing? No, you ain't got to do none of that. All you have to do is be filled. Am I a spirit-filled Christian? Yes, I'm, I, I'm a tongue-talking rascal. I don't have to do any of that in front of y'all. But in my private time, I'm going in there with God. Because the Bible says when you speak in an unknown tongue, you're speaking directly to God. I'm just telling you, folks, people are talking church people out of what's yours because they're trying to scare you. There ain't nothing spooky about being full of the Holy Ghost. It ain't nothing to fear about being full of those. It ain't nothing to fear about talking in tongues. They did a whole lot of it in the book of Acts. <laughs> and if they did it in the book of Acts, why are we not doing it now? Because somebody said, oh, that must be the devil. <laughs> I just don't know how the devil can give you something that God said, if you ask me for it, I'll give it to you. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number 3.org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.